1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan.
0: And I'm Taylor.
1: And Taylor, for the fourth time in as many games, Uko Pekalukunen allowed two goals, but this time it was in a winning effort as the Sabres snapped their seven-game losing streak to beat the Winnipeg Jets in what was a pretty dominant game from the Sabres against a damn good team against also the reigning Vesna winner too no less Rasmus Dahlin probably had his best game of the season I would say and did a lot of the things that a lot of people who have been critical of him this year have been calling for him to do namely in just his skating his overall confidence with the puck on his stick the way he's going about skating and in terms of his shiftiness and just Attacking the play and making plays happen again. Going back to who we started off this episode with, Uko Pekalukinen. He ended up making 32 saves, and as I had said before, has allowed two goals in each of the four games he started this year, giving the Sabers some much-needed stability in net. So, Taylor, before we get into Darlene, let's let's start off with UPL here. I mean, you know, in watching him, and I was actually watching the the Jets broadcast last night, and they were very complimentary of uh, Rasmus Stalin and UPL. But, you know, the, their one color commentator had made a great point that even though it is a little bit of a cliche, I mean, Lukanen is looking like a seasoned veteran in there, not just because of the fact that he's only allowed two goals in each of his starts, but he's just playing with a composure and a calmness to him that is not only radiating onto the players on the team, but also you could just see it watching him not even in person like through a screen through a tv it's pretty remarkable so what have you made of, of upl's performance i mean obviously he's been great but just generally speaking you know where are you at with him in terms of i mean his play as of right now and, and how we're looking moving forward
0: uh, it looks great i mean there's no way around it i know it's only four games but all you have to go off of uh, him so far in these four games is he's been awesome in all four of them and this is the best example i can think of he has a 939 save percentage. The team save percentage when he's not playing is 899. <sighs> uh, so that's <laughs> that says a lot right there, and that's with Anderson having played well in his six starts. Mm-hmm. So, so this has been such a huge upgrade. And I, you know, the, the obvious thing to say is that he's not going to keep playing like this. He's not going to keep playing like uh, mid to late nineties Dominic Kassick, but. If he, let's say, for example, were to put up a 920 for the rest of the year, that'd be huge. That'd be unbelievable. That's if he put up a 912, slam. yeah, if he put up a 912, pretty nice. If he put up like a 905, still an upgrade. <laughs> um, so I actually would like to keep seeing him, not just because he's been their best goalie, um, not, not just because we're not going to see Anderson for a while, probably. It's really, I, I think this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, this is a decent team that's decent I shouldn't say I mean as far as giving up chances this team is not that bad he's not getting he's not gonna face 45 shots every night like 20 of them high quality no he's gonna he's gonna face 30 plus shots especially when the Sabres are winning and the other team starts getting desperate in the third period uh, but he is not gonna get killed and he's not gonna die behind like a tank level team. It's like an okay enough team that he can obviously so far hold his own uh, and not get embarrassed and on, on the other side, the actual team out there, a lot of young fellas, uh, last night and, two n- and uh, Saturday night are the reasons why I want to see him keep being out there, because he kept them in both those games. The Sabres, throughout, let's say, most of the second half of November and the first half of this month, they weren't playing terribly, but they were getting murdered because they had no chance in these games that Dell started, some some games Tokarski started, Subban's one start. And it wasn't because they are playing terribly. But, you know, at a certain point, it, it, it's not good. It's demoralizing to be down 5-1 to one all the time. And, yeah, they made those games 7-4. Some of them, they they still scored goals and kept fighting. But, like, it's not good for development to always just be behind getting murdered in these games. Like, it's good to have guys playing close games in big situations. And I thought they came through really well last night. I actually thought when they were up one, and I we both don't like throwing the brakes on when they're up. But, like, they actually did a decent job of it. At the very least, other teams are going to have chances. You know, Winnipeg's going to have the puck. And when they did, I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, Will Butcher, when he's playing with Pesic, seems like a real NHL player, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how Pesic
1: has that effect.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what Colin Miller's done to, to just be consistently out of the lineup now. But, like, uh, either way, you put anyone with – with Pezic, and they're going to look okay. Dallin and you look good. I guess should, that brings us to Dallin. So
1: well, and I just want to bring up, good. I was going to say, I want to bring up a couple of quick things with UPL before we move on. One, you know, of course we're talking about a small sample size here, but Buffalo Sabre stats on Twitter and, Gathered a pretty interesting stat from Hockey Reference that I thought would be good to share. Uh, Uko Pekalukkanen's 922 career save percentage is the third highest in Sabres history for a goalie in their first eight NHL games. Minimum of three games played for Buffalo, trailing only Linus Allmark and Steve Shields. Again, we're talking about a small sample size, but that ranks ahead of the likes of Don Edwards, Ryan Miller, Marty Baran, Jonas Enroth, Darren Pupa, your boy, and Tom Barrasso. Um,
0: and Hasek, right?
1: Well, Hashik started his career with a Blackhawk, so he wouldn't qualify.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. The actual start of their career.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. I, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, as you had said there, it, it's providing a jolt to the rest of the team. You know, when they're actually able to be in games down the stretch, it really does make a huge difference. Because if you even look at last night specifically, you know, the, the Sabres, even though they did play, I thought, a pretty complete game, the third period was probably their best period of the entire game i mean winnipeg by and large was getting better chances than they were the first two periods of the game and it comes to the third period they end up getting the lead and you know they still were able to apply pressure without it feeling like they were like full-on ralph kruger mode batting down the hatches um and, you know, I think that you really can't say enough about the fact of just having a goalie that can keep you in games because then it allows, like you had said, the younger guys to have the opportunities to make a play when it matters. It's one thing if the game's seven to two or seven to three and you have a guy scoring a goal in the third period. But when you're having these close matchups and it's coming down to the wire, I mean, that's when you really get to the core of developing these young guys and putting them in game situations that are going to serve them in their development this season and well into the future too. So being able to play these meaningful games and in a lot of situations, even if they're not winning them, like they were the, like the UPL three prior games, you're still giving guys real game situations that are going to be valuable for when eventually that this team is good, God willing that they ever are good again. But like when, when they are good, you know, it's going to be moments like this when you actually have a goalie who's able to keep them in the game that they're going to be prepared for it because they're going to be getting that experience. When you look back to the beginning of the year, we had talked about like our pie in the sky, best case scenario is UPL steals the show in training camp. He ends up making the roster and he gets to play behind Anderson and get to learn from him. We're at a point now that he I mean, his numbers in Rochester compared to what he's doing in Buffalo now are atrocious, but now that's a very real possibility that we may end up getting to have that situation for the second half of the year. Like whenever it is that Craig Anderson comes back, if he hasn't been admitted to a nursing home yet or anything like that, when he actually is able to come back into the lineup, I am, I would say all in on the idea of rolling with UPL and Anderson and I really don't think that even taking it a step like closer to now in the more short term, even if it comes down to it in Subban and Tokarski are back, I know Tokarski has had his moments and everything. I don't think anybody's going to claim either of them, but I have no qualms or, or reservations about sending either of them through waivers. But either Subban does Tokarski or... Tokarski have
0: to Tokarski. pass through waivers?
1: I think he does now, yeah. I think we he talked about this recently, but I'm almost positive, And i saw people talking about it, that he would have to go through waivers.
0: Uh, no one's taken him. So I, I would, I would say also um, someone just passed through waivers yesterday, Anton Kubin, Kudobin, who mm-hmm. was like let, led Dallas to the Stanley cup final two years ago, but he's, he's at 3.3 million and he's been really bad this year. It that's really, I mean, if someone's going to trade for him, it's going to be a retained salary situation. At this point, there's already so many goalies. I was thinking about this if Anderson comes back. So, Michael Hauser has been in the AHL. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but who was the guy that gave up 11 goals last night, Tuesday night? For the wasn't NFL? that
1: his first uh, career start in the AHL?
0: <laughs> yeah, I never heard of the guy. Is he there because UPL and everyone are up?
1: I'm assuming that's the case. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so he probably won't play much because now Dell's down there. So it's going to be Dell and uh, Hauser, I guess, down yep. there. If I had to guess, if Hauser's still healthy. not I, don't, I haven't been keeping up with my Michael Hauser info.
1: Um, Shame on you.
0: I know. Oh. Well, that's that's unfortunate because they're going to – I mean, hopefully Dell can at least be okay in the AHL.
1: You would think. I'm not
0: holding my breath. But, like, you know, the Sabres have four legit prospects, at least on that team, that right. you, would, you would hope are playing good competitive games
1: even more wow. yeah they, they, i'm thinking like five like six plus probably if you think about it i mean you have the obviously the three forward line like the main forward line with jj quinn and krebs rustlein is down there you have samuelson down there you have Laxinen down there so uh,
0: i forgot about laxanen honestly Yeah, I forgot about Laxen and roots so and,
1: i mean yeah it's, Wait, what
0: about what about is is linus weisbach down there
1: Oh yeah. I think he is too. So there
0: is a, was a small spot on Sabres Twitter.
1: There is. And that's why I think it's that important that you make sure that you have good goaltending to play that these guys can play in front of. Um, and then if it comes down to it too, I mean, who knows if ultimately you end up sending Tokarski down there. I mean, that's an even bigger boost, but I think at this point, there's, there's no way you can do this to UPL and send him back down Barring the wheels completely falling off. I think it's, you just ride the hot hand, keep it going. Eventually there, I would have to think that there's going to be some regression. So once you kind of get in that middle ground and you kind of find out really what he is, once he starts to come back down to earth a little bit, um, even then I think you keep him up. I think the only way you do is if he literally, and I'm not even just saying this as a knock on the guy, but if he starts playing like Aaron Dell, that's the only way I think you send him down. I think otherwise you keep him up, give him the experience. I mean, he's playing better in the NHL than he is in the AHL. So it seems counterproductive to send him back down there.
0: Mm-hmm. I and mean, who was playing, who was on the bench last night for them, for the Sabres?
1: It would have been Dell, right?
0: I thought Dell got sent to Rochester last night. Is Tokarski back? I actually didn't even think about this because I saw UPO was starting.
1: Uh, let's get into Darlene, and I'll find that out in the meantime.
0: Okay, yeah, just because I was the last thing I was going to say about the um, the goalies is so like Tokar, let's say Tokarski when he's back from COVID, if Subban's back. That means you got to send one of them down. Let's say you send down Subban, and now you have Subban and Dell, and theoretically maybe you send Hauser to Cincinnati. I don't know how that works. Maybe you do that.
1: I guess, um, and I also don't. And then think if Anderson's
0: that, back, what the hell do you do? You got to release someone. You're not trading any of those losers. No, one's no
1: there's him. no way. I mean, maybe you get you do like a Will Butcher trade where you give up nothing just to get rid of a guy if they need some depth in the uh, AHL or anything. But um, yeah, I, I actually don't think that Tokarski's back yet, Taylor. So I think maybe they sent down Dell like after the game. Was it? I I don't know. I, I might have missed that. No,
0: they announced it before the game. It can't be Subban back, right? Mm-mm. No, yeah, oh. right? So who the hell's in Winnipeg? I mean, they couldn't have sent Dell from Winnipeg to Rochester, right? Maybe they did.
1: Hold on here. Uh... This is a trivia
0: question for our times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. That's not going to yeah. do us any good. Oh,
0: Darlene looked good.
1: Darlene did look good. Let's, so let's get into that because I had tweeted from our account last night, like, even if you would have taken the goals out of the equation, I mean, it's at the point now that anytime Darlene's on the ice, you just have to be zeroed in on him to see what's going on there. And uh, last night was one of the, he he had a good game against the Capitals, but I mean, I thought last night, especially he just looked like a, a completely refreshed and revitalized player. There were numerous times where he got the puck and it was, he, he didn't hesitate or think. He just took it and he went with it and he brought it up the ice himself. You know, and when he's playing with a confidence like that, that's when he's really able to maximize his skills. And I know that that sounds kind of basic, but it's like that's what you need to like drill into this guy's head. You have otherworldly talents. OK, what Ralph Kruger did to him, we're still dealing with the ramifications of that right now in the effects. But this guy, it is undeniable that his raw natural talent is off the charts. His stick handling ability, his creativity. OK, even as we saw yesterday, he has a, a hell of a shot too to go along with that. You have to get him to a point where he's not overthinking it because that's been whether it's in his own zone or in the offensive zone. He has just been overthinking it when he has the puck on his stick, whether he has to make a move, whether he should pass who he should pass to, what kind of pass, you know, I keep thinking back to the, the Seattle, the Tanev goal, you know, where it's just like mental lapses that are just piling up and piling up. Whereas yesterday he's turning the puck over, but it's because he is trying to make a move on a guy after he already rushes the puck into the offensive zone. You know, he is, stick handling in the offensive zone and trying to create a play for himself rather than relying on the guys around him to do it that's what you need out of him night in and night out as we've said I don't care if he is making mistakes if those mistakes are coming from him actually trying to make a play him doing little like dainty backhanded passes or rushing it up or trying to force a stretch pass that's not okay that's not trying to create a play but if he is actively trying to create chances skating with the puck through the neutral zone, rather than looking for an option just to get it off of his stick, which is another thing that it's been a big issue. I felt like with him, at least that he just looks like he's just does not want the puck on his stick. And that comes back to the confidence thing too. The guy needs to have the confidence to know if I have the puck on my stick, I'm more dangerous than anybody else on my team right now, or anybody else on the ice for that matter. And that doesn't even necessarily have to be true but he needs to be thinking that when he's operating with the puck on a stick. And I thought that last night, like I said, take the goals out of the equation by and by, by far his most impressive performance of the season.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I saw some, a, a, like game tracking stat this past week that was like, he's in the 99th percentile and carrying the puck through the neutral zone transition wise, or, you know, from the defensive zone through the neutral zone. Um, but basically not not even remotely good at creating offensive chances and it's like yeah that looks like you know what, what he's going through which is like playing hot potato with the puck so it's good to see how he's looked i would say even in the past few games uh, offensively but yesterday especially and you know i think goal scoring you know he's not going to score two goals in every game but i think that you know it can help you give you some confidence and now he's on pace for just under 50 points he's on pace for like 49.7 so basically 50 if you round up which would be nice And if he continues to get better throughout the season, could be closer to 60 points. Aren't everything. They're a really basic way to look at things, but in his case, he's playing on the first power play and he's getting a lot of minutes. So he better have a lot of points. That's like a bare minimum type thing.
1: I completely agree with that. One of the things that I kind of felt to be interesting too. I mean, it's sticking with Darlene, but switching gears a little bit, I think I'm going to not just because I don't have cable, but I think I'm going to continue to try and watch opposing broadcasts when the Sabres oh, and, are playing what's that
0: and what just missed the Sabres broadcast
1: I know what a He's shame i to miss
0: Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray
1: listen I love Dan Dan Dunleavy's great we love RJ of course but the reason I bring that up though is because I found it really interesting how well first of all I should say Winnipeg's broadcast is really good like I really like their professionalism is top-notch and I just think that from the in-game presentation between um, their play-by-play and color, which they have a, his name is, I'm having a brain fart, but they have like a big name guy who does their play-by-play. But from that to like the intermission reports that they do, it, it was very, very well done. And I really, really liked it a lot. And it's interesting to kind of see that for like benchmarking purposes with the Sabres. But back to my point though, I find it interesting the way that opposing teams talk about other players Specifically, obviously, you know, with relation to the Sabres, because they were very, very complimentary of Rasmus Stalin. Like, there was no mention of any of the early season struggles with him. Um, or, hell, the, the full season struggles, I should say, up until, like, these past couple games. I mean, he's definitely been progressively getting better, but just I found that to be very interesting. You know, they were very complimentary of Tage, obviously. And, you know, it's, it's easy to point to that growth, but I wonder, I guess, just like league wide, you know, it, it's interesting with how, with each market, you know, values are distorted where everybody tends to be either a little bit harsher or a little bit higher on their own players. Um, but that was just one thing that I thought was, was kind of interesting is just that they were like really, complimentary like they weren't throwing out like the word generational or anything like that but they were talking about him as though his development track from when he was drafted until now was like in line with like a normal first overall pick which as we all know has not been the case
0: of course not yeah i i actually think your idea uh that's a pretty good idea to do that in espn plus this year since you have the option here's one team i would avoid uh the bruins oh i will never i would mean. say just watch the Sabers broadcast. Yeah, I mean, games. I'll never I've do watched that. it in the past, even in non-Sabers games when they're on. Oh my god! I mean, I don't need to tell you why, but they're gonna they're gonna bring up the Lucic Miller hit. They're gonna have no reason to do it since
1: Taylor. I would Luchich never.
0: Honest, last likes and Miller is retired, but they're gonna bring it up regardless. I don't
1: care about anything that the Bruins have to say, anyone. So I will never do that, anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been getting back into doing the different broad not not for Sabers games because I watch on cable, but like for some of the games, dude.
1: Like, ESPN okay, Plus like, rules.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, some of the, uh, in the past, so I had a uh, game center. I, the two that stood out to me as bad, unfortunately, no one stood out as good. That I guess I was being negative, but I had this. If there's ever a Winnipeg around. broadcast, watch that. Yeah, I'll do that because this year I've been getting back into it, but I noticed in the past that the two that really sucked were Root Sports in Pittsburgh and Altitude TV in Denver. Uh, I don't know but if any of those have better. Yeah, I, it really looked like a, a rinky dink operation. I'm not a huge fan of it.
1: Interesting. But
0: yeah, hopefully, maybe it's gotten better. I don't know. I haven't noticed any this season that I, in the games I've been watching. I feel like I've watched
1: a couple of Colorado games this year and it hasn't really been that noticeable.
0: I think it's a lot more noticeable when you, because you can't watch the intermission show on ESPN, Plus, right? Or can you? I think you maybe might be can. able to. I'm going yeah, to watch something tonight
1: know. and find out. Because
0: on Game Center, I, you could do that and it just it looks really cheap. Anyway, so another, another uh, exciting news here, we have a, a message from our old friends at DraftKings. So they say, football fans, I'm sure we all love the action-packed high scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 and any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 at any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, so now, Brendan, uh, some bad news uh, out here on the streets. Uh, it on seems the streets. like the Omicron variant is uh, is a re- the real deal. Uh, a lot of games are getting canceled across professional sports, across the world, really. The NHL, just before we started this podcast, updated uh, its uh, protocols. So the NHL PA and the NHL came together, and they enhanced protocols, including restrictions on indoor dining for teams on the road, wearing masks and social distancing and team facilities and testing on non-off days. It's also been recommended to the players to receive their booster if eligible. Maybe make that more than a recommendation, but what am I, you know, Let's not get ahead of ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So 31 players over the last 36 hours have been added to the list. Carolina had its game uh, postponed last night because they had six players in protocol. Calgary uh, has its game postponed uh, through December 18th because they have 16 players on protocol. And now the Nashville Predators uh, also uh, have a bunch of players on protocol. So not good. Bad. That's no, just an update. I don't. There's no commentary for that. It's just bad.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. The but, Calgary situation's nuts. It just exploded with them.
0: Sixteen. Yeah. It's. Um, yeah. It's. It's. Uh, it's completely insane. It reminds me of Vancouver last year. But hopefully now that vaccines and stuff are out, it'll be a lot more mild. Right. We haven't really heard of um, really uh, any vaccinated professional athletes having too tough of a go with it yet, off the top of my head. Uh, but that's good because you know last time around there were some guys, even guys like that didn't have crazy long- term effects. They just were like they were not good for a month, basically yeah. like Risto couldn't yeah. you know fully breathe or whatever. So, so hopefully Jason that... Tatum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tatum. Um, Marco Rossi. guys mm-hmm. like that. But anyway, um, so the Sabres hopefully hopefully Thursday night when you're listening to this, will be able to take on the Minnesota Wild who, Brenda, did you hear this? The Minnesota Wild are good?
1: No, it doesn't ring a bell particularly.
0: Interesting. Uh, no, I am,
1: I am aware. I am aware. <laughs>
0: uh, they. Uh, they. The, the reason we say this, it's, it's interesting. They, they've completed 20 seasons as a team. They obviously have the, the missed season in 0405 like everyone else, and they're in the midst of their 21st season. So in their first 20 seasons, They've never been really too good or too bad. They've never finished last overall. They've never finished bottom two. They have never finished top five in points. That's insane. So they've never had, so they've never had a top pick. Their highest pick has been Marion Gabrick. They're after their first season, they picked Gabrick third overall, and or sorry, before their first season, they picked Gabrick third overall. And besides that, the only top five pick they've had was Benoit Pouliot, 2005. Uh, they've only oh, won their division baby. title once. Yeah. One division title they immediately lost in the first round. Although they've made the playoffs 11 times, the only time they made the conference final was in 3 the first time they made the playoffs, where they were swept and scored one goal in the series. But like I said, they haven't been bad, you know, really too much either. They they were under 70 points once. That was their first year. And obviously the lockout shortened season, the COVID shortened season, be pro-rates. Right? But they're... Team high in points is 106 in a year where they lost in the second round of the playoffs. Just to say they're a very unspectacular team. They've never had a hall of famer play for them, even for half a season. They join Vegas and Seattle as the only teams with that designation. However, I can tell you right now, Vegas and Seattle have had hall of famers that play for them. Just not yet. Right. Just not in the hall of fame yet. Marc-Andre Fleury and Mark Giordano, at least. Uh, Probably I don't think a couple that's still- more
1: from Vegas too
0: good chance yeah but i don't i still don't think minnesota really has someone i'm convinced will be in the hall of fame that's played for them they might go 40 years as a franchise without ever having that i mean they could always just trade for someone at the deadline they could have eric stahl sign him for a late season deal oh they have had eric stahl. they already I'll did the yeah i forgot about that they have had eric stahl who knows that he's uh he probably will make it so maybe maybe Stahl makes it and they get one in just yeah. after their 25th anniversary as a franchise I'm unconvinced about Stahl. I think he's going to take a few years, but eventually. Anyway, so my quiz is about their leading scorers. Okay. So teams, guys who have led them in scoring for a season, that's 15 guys total. Um, Some guys have done it multiple times. Some guys have tied for the lead. Uh, You know most of these guys.
1: I do. Okay. If
0: you get through it. Yeah. So I'll start giving you hints, but I think you should be able to name at least about a half dozen off the top of your head.
1: All right. Do um, you want me to start?
0: Yeah, just go ahead. Any order.
1: Wait, so are you saying like by season or just their top 15 like total point? By
0: season. These guys all let them in, in points in a season.
1: Okay, well, Marion Gabryk, I'll say for one.
0: He actually did it twice.
1: Hey, all right. Um, Miko Koivu, right?
0: He did it four times. Their all-time leading scorer
1: okay okay um, did Zach
0: Parise ever lead them in scoring three times their okay. second all-time leading scorer or third behind So You just named their all three all-time leading scorers so that's good
1: Good. That's start. Um, how about uh, current NHLer who's having a bit of revitalization this year uh, Michael Granlund
0: yes he did it one time oh really I thought he would have been a couple
1: how many I other current start? NHL players are there
0: uh, let's see, one, two, three, at least three. Did Zucker? No.
1: No, he never did?
0: No. Surprising. But I think recent.
1: Oh, Kaprizov.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there was only Obviously. a few months ago this season ended.
1: Um. Okay. Mm who else would have led them in scoring Eric Stahl right didn't he that's right okay he did
0: he had a 40 goal season actually
1: um here's a, a shot in the dark did our our good friend Jason Pominville ever
0: he did one time
1: oh okay cool cool so you're um, only
0: missing one recent one
1: only one recent I'm missing.
0: 2019-20. Leader.
1: 1920. Kevin Fiala.
0: That's right, Kevin Fiala.
1: Oh, cool! Wow. All
0: right. Uh, so I don't think any. Yeah, pretty sure none of these guys are in the NHL anymore after that. Uh, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven left.
1: All right. So I should just throw some names out here. Yep. How about Brian Rolston?
0: Yes. Two times. Let's go. There was a time when he was uh, their franchise leader in single season points with seven.
1: Good for him. Good for him. Um,
0: I, I was going to, I had good, uh, uh, like hints lined up for him.
1: Let me see if I can get through any other guys. Um, would have, mm, I don't know if he would have been at the tail end of his career, but did Pavel Dimitra? Yes. Come on. I don't
0: think it was the tail end of his career, really. Though. Oh, okay, really that makes now. sense.
1: Okay, cool. Um, who else we got here? Ooh, didn't they randomly have somebody uh really good for a short stint? Who's not? Um,
0: they did. Unfortunately, he's not a Hall of Famer, and old Boppy.
1: Uh, this isn't who I'm thinking of, but is it Mar is Martin Havlat on the list?
0: Yeah, Martin Havlat did. Yep.
1: Who is the one that I'm thinking of, though? That's uh oh my God. And he this person's on the list, right? Who he randomly went to them for a short stint. Yep. God damn. Um
0: did danny heatley ever yeah danny there we Heath go the all right so now you're dealing with some old names here these are the early 2000s
1: that's all right um hmm. <laughs> i was gonna say he was he was more of a grinder so i know it's not on there but i just uh, uh, an old name richard park remember him oh yeah what about, hint
0: though. there's also, there's also no West walls on here.
1: There's no West walls. Nope. What a shame. Um. Do you have any good hints you can give me at all or.
0: There's a former first overall pick on here.
1: A former first overall pick.
0: Yep. He was at this point in his uh, late twenties and uh Kind of a bust. Was not picked first overall, obviously not by the wild. Um has picked about a decade before he came to the wild. Mmm. Yeah, this is tied for his career high in points.
1: Huh. How many years did he play with Minnesota? Two. Taylor, I have no idea. He two years with them and one of them was what?
0: Big time bust.
1: Um mm -mm. big time bust. Who the heck?
0: Sometimes people are like, in when the Sabres were tanking, like, what if it turns out that uh, Eichel or McDavid is like this guy? Might be the R- biggest bust in NHL history. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Leaf.
1: <laughs> um, oh, who is it?
0: Uh, Eichel has spent a lot of time in Vegas, isn't he? Why? Because that's where Ryan Leaf spends a lot of time.
1: Oh! I of time Sorry, I misunderstood. Um, gotcha.
0: So it's Alexander Degg.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so he was actually there. I can't believe he played that long. Uh, Another guy uh, who played, he was uh, later in his career. What year? So he played for Minnesota from 01 to 04, and then later from 08 to 11. He also started his career with Washington, played for Nashville, Atlanta, played for Colorado in between his two Minnesota stints, and finished up with Chicago. Actually had 733 career points.
1: Finished... His career with Chicago,
0: yeah, but not a cup year.
1: Andrew Burnett, yeah, is it cool? Okay,
0: yeah, he was their second guy. All right, their first guy, I don't even know what to tell you for him. I'm gonna look up his career right now. I never heard of him. Uh, he only had 39 points to lead them.
1: Come on, Jesus,
0: I know. So, their first year. They had good goaltending, but they actually scored 160 goals. Was that
1: his only year with the Wild? This guy? Yeah.
0: Um, It appears so. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. So, oh, boy. (laughs) Jesus. He went immediately from this, from leading the Wild in points. Oh, wait. This is even worse than I thought, Brandon. Oh, no. He led them in points. He got traded at the deadline.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Who is it? I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Scott Pellerin
1: yeah um,
0: Jesus, congrats okay. Scott Pilgrim um, yeah. yeah Scott Pellerin versus the world because listen to this shit he obviously got picked in the expansion draft played 58 games got traded at the deadline to Carolina and Carolina only had he only had five points for them and then the next year uh, played for the Bruins and the Stars and had 10 points in 68 games good god so, yeah, this guy was not good. What a career. 198 points in 536 games. But he led a team in scoring one year. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did Gabrick not pass him? Come on, Marion.
1: Was Gabrick hurt?
0: Well, he was 18.
1: Oh. So, maybe that was so what did I get? 12 15? 13 or 15?
0: 13. You only missed Pellerin and Dag. Honestly, I, I thought you missed Brunette before Dag. Dag is a, he's a name, at least. Yeah. I that was going to be that obvious.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just cause you said the other team when you said Chicago too, that and I remember that Brunette had a couple of stints with with the Wild. So that's kind of put it together for me. He is
0: a he is a known wild guy. He he played there multiple
1: yeah. years. All
0: right. Well, good podcast. Good, good one.
1: Man. That was lovely. I, All right. Well, do you have my, any I was
0: gonna like- say my random former saber uh, of the week is Tom Lomsgot.
1: Oh we haven't even had a chance to talk about succession yet. Oh man we should spare the listeners and and talk about that on our own time. (laughs) My, uh, my random Sabres player is a former Minnesota wild uh, legend, along with being a former Sabres legend, Mark Parrish.
0: Mm, Legendary,
1: very legendary. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of straight up Sabres presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on your respective streaming platforms Social media and on their websites as well. Also, make sure you're checking us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up, Straight Up Sabers and on Twitter at Straight Sabers. Also, got to give a shout out, as Taylor did before, to DraftKings. Make sure you're using promo code THPN at checkout taking advantage of great deals regarding all of the the crazy football action that's going to be coming up in the NFL over the next few weeks. Um, Good to see that Josh Allen is in fact, not in a walking boot. So hopefully that bodes well for his status for Sunday, but if not, it might be time for money, Mitch. We will see though, very, very soon. But with that being said, everybody, we hope you have a great rest of your week, a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday with our new episode. This has been straight up Sabers.